and welcome back to Literally Literary. If this is your first time joining us, be sure to check out our previous episodes. This episode, we are beginning our discussion of Alan Chazaro's poetry collection, Piñata Theory. This episode, we are trying something new. We'll be focusing on an overview of the collection and diving into the first half of the collection as well. Nice. Thank you for that intro. New everything. Yeah. New intro. New everything. <laughs> new layout. Um, yeah, so we're going to start by kind of giving a little bit of, I don't know, maybe our overall impressions of what we've read so far. Mm. We've maybe read half of yeah. the collection and talk a little bit about um, Alan or Alan. <laughs> Yeah. However you want to. <laughs> Not just, however, yeah. I mean. Are we going to dive into that? We should dive yeah, into it. Yeah, let's dive into it. Even mm. just like pre-shows, <laughs> we were talking about name pronunciations and mm-hmm. how important it is. So sometimes we'll we'll look it up. and mm-hmm. So even though our, our, <clears throat> our tendency is to want to say Alan or, or Chasaro, you know, it's also Alan or, you know. So I think a lot of us deal with, with that in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe our names, or at least have experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Alan, uh, we first encountered um, to kind of refer back to previous episodes um, when we were doing our episode with Citizen Illegal and Jose Olivares. We off, we also spoke of the anthology Breakbeat Poets Land Next, and so uh, Alan is in that collection, which is pretty cool. And uh, I saw that they they even had done a reading together mm-hmm. recently, uh, Jose and Alan. And uh, so I mean, there's and there's so there's a lot of similarities I think between mm-hmm. the two, um, not just their pop culture references. And well, I guess we'll get to that. But uh, Pinata Theory is his his second work, same publisher, right? And that is Black Lawrence Press. Yeah. And um, I believe he he his first one. Awesome title. What was it again, Vanessa? It was This Is Not a Frank Ocean cover album. I think yeah. I think all of us were interested in, in checking it out as <laughs> yeah. well. But um, mm-hmm. so for now, you know, um, shout out to Black Lawrence Press. Adam, um, New one York. of many that mm-hmm. we've encountered so far on the podcast. Um and yeah, <clears throat> Pinata Theory. Looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, so what are our overall impressions? I mean, we've read half of the first half of the poems. Um, I guess I should start by mentioning, like, the layout of it. So it starts Mm -hmm. with the psychoanalysis of a piñata, which kind of serves as a, what would you call that? Not really an intro or, like... A primer. I don't know. I want to say that either. A prologue. Prologue. Yeah, kind of a prologue, right? Mm-hmm. And then or like an epigraph almost, or an er- I mean, because it's its mm. own po- standalone yes. poem. There I would say more an epilogue. Yeah, yeah. And then he has three sections: um, body, break, gather. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> Very cool. And so we'll we'll be talking about body today, and the epilogue, I guess. <laughs> If that's what you want to call it, that first poem. Yeah. I mean, so it sets up the whole the whole piñata thing. And um, I think all of us have grown up with piñatas around us. Mm-hmm. You guys break them as kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gathered all the candy and everything. 
Yeah, we're still a little bummed you didn't bring one today. <laughs> yeah, we we lost friendships today. <laughs> so uh, we were in the process of repairing. Um, <laughs> so much like a piñata, things were broken. But you know, hopefully, even in the aftermath, we can pick ourselves together and and find sweetness in that somehow. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> end the podcast right there. Just end it. <laughs> <laughs> and done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so what, do you, what were some of your first thoughts when you saw the name of the book? It is, it is a cool name, Piñata Theory. I mean, I overall like the book design, mm -hmm. which says here was done by Amy Friels. So the, the cover design was done by Zoe Norvell. Mm -hmm. um, and the art is by Francisco Palomares. Shouts outs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I like the way that the title, like the... It's different colors similar to the piñata image mm -hmm. that's here. Um, so I really like the way that they like kind of incorporated those colors into the font. Mm. Yeah, very colorful, right? And mm -hmm. I mean, so if you think of a lot of traditional piñatas, they are very colorful. And, uh, you know, I don't know. When I think of, of a piñata... It's family, it's uh, celebrations, mm -hmm. but even I think, and then he touches on this in the book, uh, just this, it's also just, if you think a little more deeply on it, it's something that's created to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of some elements he, I think he maybe explores mm -hmm. um, in, in, the, in the form of body and mm -hmm. earthquakes and disruption. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I think he does tie it a little bit into like intergenerational immigrant experiences, right? Of of coming yeah. from different backgrounds, because uh, yeah, it's very colorful. It different, um, you know. If you think it, it's uh, piñatas, often made with like scraps, mm -hmm. scraps of paper, cardboard, and um, and then just thinking about the inside, you know, and we're torn apart by. So are we getting too deep too fast? <laughs> no, Wait, that's great. But, yeah, no, you know, that's ahead. what I think of, you know, I'm thinking about as we read more, it's just like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's why yeah. it's the, mm -hmm. the piñata theory. It's, I don't know what it's the metaphor that just keeps on giving, mm. right? Yes. And this is a perfect type of metaphor that I like to teach about, you know, when, I, when I'm talking about poetry and like loaded words and packed words that poets use purposefully. Mm -hmm. because they know that they're going to hold all sorts of weight and different meanings and, you know, connotations, whatever. Um, and I think you're spot on with that, Richie. Like mm -hmm. all the stuff that you're thinking about, it, it can be um, related to the poems he's talking about and immigrant experience and masculinity um, yeah. and uh, identity. The violence of mm, beating something identity. up with a stick. Mm. But also like what you get from that breakage. Mm -hmm. Um the community element of it. I mean, there's so much, so much. Yeah. I I really like going back to the cover, the font, because it's mm -hmm. like kind of jumping out at you. It's very three-dimensional, like the piñata itself. Mm. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It has a little bit of that. So yeah, I really like that. It's textured. You know, you have the gradient mm -hmm. as well, right, as the, as the word art. Um, yeah, I dig that. Thinking about it now too, I I, I also kind of kind of like the idea of a book as piñata because you like a book we break it open, mm. right, and then we're also enjoying what's inside. Mm -hmm. We might not get it all, but 
We'll mm. leave with something. That's yeah. True. <laughs> Very true. I know it's probably not. I'm like, I'm that's a good. stretch. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, so with psychoanalysis of a piñata, or I don't know if we wanted to talk about themes a little bit more, or maybe as we go along. Um, so they're re- repeated throughout. I mean, oh, that's what a theme is, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we we had mentioned the idea of 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 you know shortening these episodes of pop. I guess as they come up, mm-hmm. just mention mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I think that okay. could work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I I really like this um, first poem mm-hmm. before the the parts of the like the body and all that. Um, this one like brings up earthquakes and Richie, you talked about that a little bit already and pre-show a lot um, mm-hmm. as well. And it's, it's a recurring theme that, that he does mention. So I think um, we'll definitely be coming back to what he means by earthquakes and, and how <clears throat> he's relating those to, um, growing up and kind of reconciling mm. different things within his childhood and manhood yeah. and stuff like that. But mm. this is the first that we see of that. Um, earthquakes in relation to the piñata, which I thought was really cool. So mm. um, we definitely see personification here. Um and in a lot of the the poems that do bring up the piñata, which is kind of cool because, you know, you think of the piñata as just like this inanimate object, like you said, Richie, something that's created to be destroyed. And so we don't think about its feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But what if it were, you know, yeah. alive or it could mm. feel something or if a piñata, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so he does present a lot of these concepts that I I think show themselves throughout the poems in these different sections. Mm. Um, And yeah, uh, the earthquake thing I think was interesting because, um, as he says here in the the opening piece, um, rubbing dangerous friction to make worlds shake with color. Uh, There's movement within... Uh, these earthquakes. So I think about movement. You know, that's what an mm. earthquake is. It's like thinking about tectonic tectonic plates. It's the the rubbing of the earth, the inside, the parts we can't see. And an earthquake is when they're they're rubbing together, they're shifting. And that's again, if you come from different worlds, he does talk about that a lot mm-hmm. throughout the book. Mm-hmm. That's the earthquake, and it's opening them up. And and uh, <clears throat> as he says here, right, makes sweetness sweetness out of the fractures and. Mm. Um, yeah, we definitely call this like the the primer for the rest of the sections, right? Which, yeah. are, of course, named after kind of the process of of hitting a piñata, right? Mm. I also think like the idea of earthquakes is something more that like we as people feel. Mm. It's like we don't necessarily feel like the hitting the way a piñata would, but we still feel like these movements and these changes mm-hmm. similar to like the way that we would feel an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a um, violence accompanying, mm-hmm. right? Like if you even yeah. look at the language he uses, splitting my skull, mm-hmm. bursting my edges, right? Um, if you think about kids, you know, 
running around with a stick, like, <laughs> <laughs> ready yeah. to destroy something. <laughs> Beating the crap out of something. <laughs> but because they're wanting. Get it, Mia, get they it. They know what's inside, right? Damn. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're talking about psychoanalysis, like yeah. thinking about that concept. Yeah. Oof. That's a lot to explore. I think it like ties yeah. into sorry, it like ties into the line. Um, I make sweetness out of fractures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like you're getting the candy from like these broken pieces. And I think there's another poem in here that like expands on that a little bit yeah. more. And once it's broken, we don't care about what's broken. We mm. care about the prize, right? We yeah. care about what's inside and yeah, and what we get from that. Even if it's just like a candy that's like gratifying for like a minute. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pinata's metaphor is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. You keep drawing and drawing and drawing from it, which we will as we talk By about the rest time of the we're done with this, we're going to be like, <laughs> and then what else is there to say about Pinata? And that's one of the things, you know, we, we've <laughs> talked about it before, but, you know, getting to explore poetry, sometimes it's always so dense yeah. and because the images oftentimes can be um multiple right polysemic like we can draw multiple meanings out of it mm-hmm. like that's i think one of the joys of getting to to read and talk about and discuss poems on a show like this and hopefully as you guys read read along definitely as always encourage you to read along uh, spoilers mm-hmm. all right so, <laughs> so grab your copy and read along with us <clears throat> all right first section yeah, so the first section is body. body, body and there's body, a lot body. of poems in this section. Body, 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 body. <laughs> I should have counted how many. Oh, I thought you were going to go body, body. <laughs> 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 just kidding. I don't know that song. I was just <laughs> teeing it up for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's quite a few poems in this section. Um we were talking pre-show about all the pop culture references that Alan has. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know how old he is, but seems like around our age. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would say he's he's graduated. MFA is teaching now, so maybe the, early well, 30s. The, when he's talking about... um. The Julio Cesar Chavez versus Oscar Being a Oya. kid there, yeah. Being a kid in 1996, I mean, I, yeah, I, I remember that fight too. So we can get to that. But, uh, and the way we related to it, I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I experienced it. Same way. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, nice. <laughs> nice looking ahead. I know. No, I'm just trying to, to figure out how old he is. He looks pretty young. Yeah, man. You hear that? Looking good, man. Looking great. <laughs> yeah. Also, let us know how you prefer your name. I know. Alan or Alan? We're, um, we were kind of joking about it earlier. Not joking. More like having a discussion on mm-hmm. language and pronunciation and kind of changing our names sometimes to accommodate mm-hmm. um, those who... Might not know Spanish. Or unwilling to, to yeah. Or are unwilling to say try to say way. it the correct way, yeah. But I mean, Alan seems like it was the name he was born with and then, you know, living or growing up in the Bay Area. Mm. 
maybe just Alan was easier. Over time, yeah. I don't know. For Hopefully sure. You could ask. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean I I um I had a quite a few poems. Um I think my first one was speech cantos, but I don't know if you all had anything to say. Or I know Vanessa and, and Richie, you had something to say about some of our boyhoods, right? I feel like I have, I mean, like any poetry collection, I think we've, co we've covered, I, I definitely probably could say about every single one. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, maybe I won't, again, just for the sake of time, but... Sometimes I even just like to, to point out lines that, that strike particularly yeah. well. And I mean, again, pre-show, we always talk about it, you know, the pre-show, the show before the show or just our conversations. We were also kind of talking about like reading for content and enjoyment versus reading for, you know, like mm. trying to be like super analytical of the form used and, and all that. And, and sometimes mm -hmm. there there are reasons to do it. Um, but I, you know, I appreciated a lot of things that he does here in terms of technique and form and, mm. um, he pointed out just at least to, to, men, you know, mention it to those who are studying and, uh, <clears throat> even the, the, the opening piece, what's up, man? Um, <laughs> Gracias. and he's, he's, uh, appreciate that. <laughs> he laughs. We need more than this lifetime to find out what's in these mountains. These majestic bones. Um, it's this is like another introduction, I think, because he's you know um, he talks a lot about all about like visiting quote unquote home mm. or homelands mm -hmm. um, in Oaxaca <laughs> here, right? And I just love the concept of that he brings up here at the end about listening and learning and being open, and I think that's an invitation mm. for us as readers as well mm. to to this book, so. Which which poem were you reading from? Oh, the like the opening opening yeah. one of oh, that the section. One, yeah, Translations yeah. from the back seat. Yeah. I really like the last, I guess, two sentences in mm -hmm. that one. I also think about it in the sense of like a piñata, like personifying it and like coming to the realization of like, okay, this is happening. Like not maybe not necessarily the desire to like wanna open up about these things, but like recognizing that it's something that needs to happen mm. yeah 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 that's Absolutely. good um <clears throat> and then so the following we talked about um earthquakes and and like tectonic plates like the structure of the earth rubbing against each other and, and so he's you know in these next two couple poems well really it's through the whole thing but um looking at these two back-to-back -back reading autobiographies and some of our boyhoods he kind of mentioned some of the inherent like not necessarily contradictions but other parts of him and his experience and, and growing up from mm -hmm. autobiographies talking about um being in chalapa mm -hmm. did i say that right How i, I want to say it's salapa salapa should have definitely looked that up right <laughs> but being there and listening to Massive Attack, for example, and we talk about a lot of pop culture, talking about his experience there mm -hmm. uh, versus later on reading a autobiography, mm -hmm. right, from mm -hmm. from uh, Crip, Cody Scott. Mm -hmm. um, so right there, you kind of have these these two contrasts that he he knows it's his his 
family mm-hmm. background growing up and then and then that also growing up right in the neighborhoods and then you kind of the boyhoods touches on a, on a theme that i think we'll see a lot of right thinking about boyhood but also masculinity right mm-hmm. and a lot of uh you see a lot of um what does that what does it mean to be a man you know and so he in, the, in this poem he references a lot of like images right movies things like that mm-hmm. always it's always the older primos who like introduce you to certain things concepts mm-hmm. films and so uh did you want to i know you probably had something on that one right um i mean this one to me wasn't so much just masculinity alone more so just like identity mm-hmm. um the idea of pretending and i think that's something that we've talked about in like several of the other books that we've discussed on the podcast mm-hmm. is like I mean, maybe not necessarily always pretending, but like exploring your own identity and like trying on these different personas to see which one best fits who you are. Um, So like the line, um, back then everything was a series of pretending until we weren't pretending anymore. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) Sorry. I was was just... um yeah, there's a lot of identity building, mm-hmm. right, come up. And, and the way he goes from youth and, and how many things will influence us, right? And that, mm-hmm. that line just calls attention how we become that after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in the kind of things he brings up too, of course, right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, kids. like, And I think it's a direct thing, you know, to, I mean, obviously, right, a poem you're being very specific in the words you use and how you portray it and. So again, thinking about contrasts, he knows that the Holocaust was a terrible thing. And but here, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about his kids, like you they make fun of it, right? And mm-hmm. just this again, also even speaking to the violence of of this kid's hamster, right? Getting mm-hmm. eaten by a dog and and uh how it's confronted and poor boy who, who cried about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, you always have that that aspect of um using that Mm -hmm. effort that that word you know i don't i don't know i never like using it so yeah Mm -hmm. but you know just again um in talking about masculinity and later referencing like machismo and Mm -hmm. um masculine roles and what's expected and not expected Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's like your introduction yeah you're at wrestling punching shooting guns Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. There's plenty of boxing stuff there, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get you already alluded to one, right? And mm-hmm. again, the roles, because you have his father and all their friends, and the whole obsession with with uh, sports cars and vehicles. Mm-hmm. Like all of <laughs> anyway, so yeah. there's that. I know you had a speech cantos, right? That you wanted to do. Yeah, I really like this one. Um, I don't know. There were just a lot of lines that stood out to me and just how it started. I am the tongue transmuted. Mm. Um, All these images of Salapa or Chalapa, I don't know. (laughs) And how there's kind of like these beautiful memories there, but also shame for Mm. his accent and and for Mm -hmm. his father being the one to, to move north, like... Out of all of them, like, he was mm. the first, you know, Mexican-American. And so we get this, um, which we've seen and you all have seen in, in a lot of the 
the books you've read it for the podcast too. And, um, you know, of course that struggle of being Mexican American and mm-hmm. having the accent and feeling shame or guilt. Um, so all of that kind of comes up in, in very, I don't know, different ways, not so in your face mm. kind of ways. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I really liked on page eight, the same place Spanish outgrew me at ages two, six, 16, 22, 33. So he's like really specific here, but, um, so there's, there's a little, I don't know. I, I, I kind of sense there's like a little bit of humor there, but also like truth to it. Mm. Um, he keeps coming back. I don't know. I related it to that that way. Every time we would go to Juarez every summer, we would drive from L.A. to Juarez, 800 miles um, every summer. And every time we'd go to Juarez, it was always like the talking smack to us because we were like the mm. pochas, the gringas. And then we would be there for like two weeks and then we'd start like getting our Spanish back, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And then we'd go back to L.A. and then it'd kind of get lost again. And so I, I really like wow. that, you know, mm. like at different ages or, mm-hmm. you know, every time he would go back, I get that sense that he was getting it and he was losing it and outgrowing mm. it and stuff. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I related it that way. But mm. yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. And um, Alan here is very musical. He references a lot of. Um, popular music, but also just language as music. Mm-hmm. Um, he refers again. He he also references mixtapes, right? Yeah, perfect after coming after Emily Emily's book. <laughs> and uh, I really love this question he asks here on page eight. Right, remind me how does one's music mm-hmm. become another's wreckage? And it's just mm-hmm. thinking about that. Language mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. It's an expression. There's a there's a rhythm to it, like waves and. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, there's always going to be someone critical. Someone's music is someone's wreckage. Like, what are you? Mm. What is that accent? What is that? Mm. So I think that's just pretty well put there. And we'll see yeah. again a lot of music themes too. Yeah. And the title is Speech Cantos, right? Mm-hmm. Cantos, the musicality behind it. And mm. So I really like, I, I enjoyed that too. I dig it. <laughs> the Jason Kids. What did you guys think of that? <laughs> I liked it. I wrote here. It reminded me of Ode to Scotty Pippen by Jose mm-hmm. Olivares. But there's a lot of imagery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like this one. Yeah. And I like, I, mean, I reference that because that's the next poem, right? A poem while wearing Jason kids. And, you know, it's normal. You think about shoes, the first thing in basketball. Come on, right away, <laughs> right? You go to Jordan's. So I think that's another <laughs> aspect there, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cool basketball poem. That that one reminded me of Old Scotty Pippen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Retro Warriors jerseys, Space Jam, Bugs Bunny crossovers, Alley Oops, yeah. Boom Shakalaka. Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> yeah, just underline awesome. like all these random words, but <laughs> it's great. Fife Dog. And then uh, what he does is is something that he um I've. I haven't mentioned this yet, but he, so he was like a Ferlinghetti uh, scholar, right? Or like, a, mm. is that the right term? An award when a Ferlinghetti fellow, mm. maybe yeah. it seems more right. You know, Ferlinghetti comes kind of from, you know, in, in San Fran, the West Coast, that tradition, but also 
I think of Ginsburg a lot and them coming off of like Whitman who has this tendency to kind of like relate things together, relate people and backgrounds. And so here, mm -hmm. starting from the shoes, going to a Buddhist temple on a hillside, taco truck on the 29th, to thinking about the shoes and, and where they're being made, factories where the stitching and gluing and mm. longest hours stretch. Um, he's kind of doing one of these things where he's moving outside of the image and connecting them in more mm. universal ways. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that's accidental. I don't know. Like the next poem where discovery is accidental. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, though. I like that um, moving outward, <clears throat> micro to macro. Is that right? Zoom out. <laughs> Zoom out. <laughs> this is the second episode in a row we've had inside jokes already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that was so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, he zooms out. <laughs> um, and then by the way, by the end, you know, how he ends this poem, and I think what it must feel like to never feel robbed. Mm. poem while wearing Jason Kids and, you know, if you're wearing Jordans or anything like that, constantly thinking. If if it's not about the scuffing, you're thinking about them being wrapped. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. One and or the other. That's something it. that definitely happen, happens. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the Zoom, I was thinking, uh, what, <laughs> what did you guys have to think about the millennial poem? A millennial walks into a bar. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I really like this one because we get to see a little bit of Alan as an educator. And so there's some of that generational disconnect, which, Richie, I know you and I can relate to. And we're talking to our students and they're oh, like, man. what? I'm like, well, you've never seen Blossom? And they're like, what's Blossom? <laughs> Vanessa's like, what's Blossom? <laughs> no, I'll like reference like Saved by the Bell or something and they mm. have no idea. <laughs> Uncultured kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I like that about it. Um when we're talking about mm. form, the form is really interesting in this one too. I I relate to a lot of it as a cusp millennial. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of apologies. I apologize. I apologize again. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot of like, there's on page 11 when he says, I apologize if nothing bothers you. I am easily bothered. Like, there's a huge, like, I feel like, um, generational gap where, mm. I don't feel that much older than my students, but I feel like a lot of the things that bother me don't bother them. Mm. Or a lot of things that they care about. I'm like, really? That's And you find yourself asking that out loud to I do like you guys haven't heard about this or like because yeah. I'll, I'll sometimes at the beginning of class I'll try and like bring up like current events or like mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, Occupy Wall Street was happening. You, know, you guys have you guys I was cause I was like I stayed up all night like watching a live stream, you know, I wanted to like <laughs> see what was going on and like, mm. I couldn't be there. So, and they're like, huh, what? You guys aren't following this? You know, like, <clears throat> like you said, yeah, you're kind of like flabbergasted. Like you guys, and then, but yeah, at the same time also like, what, what are you guys 
concerned with right now? <laughs> TikToks. <laughs> Yo, speaking of disconnect, yeah, when I was doing a writing workshop for like second, third graders through through border senses, mm-hmm. they were so obsessed with TikTok dances. Oh no! I'm like, what are you? What oh, no. are you guys doing? And it's like, oh what man, what is that? Oh, that one made me feel like that made me feel like this. Like, yeah. like <laughs> it's also hard teaching poetry and writing to kids that young. Yeah, they were yeah, into it, imagine. and then like, yeah. and then they weren't. Yeah, <laughs> two seconds later. Yeah, <laughs> TikTok dance. Practicing, like, oh, okay. you have to just incorporate the TikTok dance <laughs> with the poetry. <laughs> hey. so it'll be it's like a performance piece, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm. But uh, this piece, though, I, I you know, again, I it's it's one of the longest in the entire book. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, he's there's these connections being made, and it's a lot of contrasts because he does reference a lot of movies, a lot of sci-fi things, and and then I think juxtaposing with like some, like he says, real things, right? Mm-hmm. The Dakota Pipeline, mm-hmm. uh, civil rights. You know, I, I think that's uh, pretty well done, and that also reminds me of that that kind of Whitman-esque Ginsburg America poem, zooming out, kind of like connecting with all sorts of different things. Um, and there's a lot of lines I loved too. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was. Yeah, which one stood out to you? Um, I mean, the last stanza on page eleven. Um, when they discovered neon, it was accidental. When they discovered continents, it was accidental. When they discovered us, it was accidental. Mm. Um, just the idea. I mean, the way I read it was like the idea of colonization and like mm. so. Europeans and Spaniards didn't necessarily come west to look for different continents. They were trying to get to India. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Like it was accidental. Like they just happened to discover something else. And then the idea of discovering the native people in these lands hmm. was also accidental because that's not what they were looking for at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's it's that very much very modern, which I love that we're all rethinking and challenging mm. that whole narrative that yeah. had been going on for so long. And even the fact that you could just discover something that's mm. always been there. Yeah. Like that's very egocentric, right? Mm. Like, oh, I found this new place. Like, yeah, yeah. it's been here forever. It, yeah, we've been here. People lived here <laughs> yeah. and set generations, you know, like mm-hmm. wait. Um so yeah, I definitely underline that part as well. Yeah. Um, and then in connection to that on page 13, um, towards the bottom of the page, um, we were born here and raised up like the wed- redwoods. Yeah. And then um, our neighbors are new and the old ones just moved out. Not always by choice. It's just time. Um, the idea of like gentrification and like. These people have been here for so long and now they're unable to live in these areas just yeah. because of I like the reference to in. the redwoods because those are mm-hmm. some of the oldest yeah. trees that we have. And mm-hmm. I like you read the section and you like skipped the one line I underlined. <laughs> <laughs> How the spaces the change question. over time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I love some of like the <clears throat> Socratic questioning that he has mm. here. Um, yeah, one of my favorite lines was on the previous page on 12. Um, 
I want to remix the wrongs and make a mixtape of imperfection. I'm like, yeah, mm. all right, man. There you go. Um, there's a lot going on. I, I think we can spend time breaking down stanza by stanza because he goes to to again mm-hmm. stuff from sci-fi to real world thoughts and musings to back to the movies and mm-hmm. uh, like to me one of the interesting contrasts and in, in, and uh, he's talking about like the birth of hip hop mm. right mm-hmm. also on page twelve um, yeah yeah South Bronx teenagers built cultures from wax. While DJing inside broke down buildings, spitting fluids in the crowds. And and so this isn't exactly relayed here, but I mean, historically, you know, hip hop is blamed for like violence and stuff. Mm. So I love that in the next stanza, they're talking about US military drones. Um, and and I think it's one of the biggest contradictions when people talk about violence in media and movies and, and music, while you know, the same Congress people complaining about it or passing bills to like pass drone strikes in countries all around the world. Mm. So I just think it's those kind of constant, like coming back and and putting up once another that makes this poem really uh, powerful and strong. Yeah. Those contrasts you were talking about, right? Putting those next to each other and showing that disconnect, but also those things that have more connection than we really might even imagine. Um, yeah, I, I underlined that line too. I want to remix the wrongs, make a mixtape of imperfection. Love it. It's a great title of a poem. So remix it, remix it. Um, what about the... <laughs> but that's also like a lot of what he's doing though, right? Like he's mm. remixing like what it means to be for him... Mexican-American for him to be mm-hmm. a man growing up in the Bay, like, yeah, a lot of and a lot of that, that is like the art of recognizing it, mm-hmm. coming to terms with that. Reconciling. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, um, I like the, no, no, that's great, <laughs> I guess, um, towards the end of the piece. I mean, you talked about the questioning, right? Mm. Uh, the uncertainty. Right, mm-hmm. the the referencing and kind of thinking outside the piece, and then you have yeah, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> so far away too. Oh man, I could edit that out. I might just leave it in though. <laughs> you leave. That's just gonna be a comment now. That's also new. <laughs> Speaking of new things, um, <laughs> yeah. But then I remember at the end is like. It was a, uh, kind of a funny moment. I mean, I mean, it's supposed to be presented as funny. Uh, presented as funny. Mm. Um, is this too much to bring up on a first date? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so just imagine, again, like These a millennial at a bar, like, yeah. what's on your mm. mind? Oh, yeah? Well, here you go. Mm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this one. Yeah. I also like the line towards the top of page 14. Um, I wonder if things are really things. I bet all things eventually change when resisted, i.e. civil rights. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit more hopeful, I think. Um, just because like, even though there has been resistance, especially like with the example of civil rights, like a lot of changes have been made. And like, as long as people continue to like fight for these things, change will continue to happen. Hmm. Yes, I do preach, that, huh? Vanessa. <laughs> here, here. 
<laughs> I mean, that's what we were hoping for, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i.e. civil rights. And it's just like a little i.e. civil rights mm-hmm. in parentheses. But it's huge. Mm-hmm. I like that it's kind of like understated here. Yeah. Yeah. We mostly use Twitter as a source of news anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If you're a writer, you gotta be on Twitter. <laughs> um, like the kind of like the the ending and just kind of like uh, watching Trevor Noah at home eating strawberries mm-hmm. on a Wednesday night. Kind of, I mean, it just brings it all back to like a specific. Mm-hmm. Yo, self portrait as American. America. What you guys think? I had thoughts about this one. I, I really liked it. I love the title. Um, but I have a question. So the first six lines mm-hmm. seem separate from the rest of the poem, but it's all together. It's all one mm-hmm. stanza. It's all one poem. So what do you guys think of that? I mean, I underlined those lines because I... I feel like it ties into the idea of being an American, just using words because, like, what's going to happen? Freedom I guess the, of speech, right, like, know? yeah, the freedom mm-hmm. of speech. Um, well, you go from First Amendment to Second Amendment. Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. That, does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's all about the gun and, like, I, mm. I wrote, like, the tactile imagery. It's very awesome. Mm. But those first few lines, you know. Yeah, like the idea, it feels right about now. And then what wrong could it bring? Like, if I say these words, what's going to happen? What wrong could it bring? Hmm. Wow. Yeah, now I'm reading that differently. I wonder how it would have, how it would change the poem if it started with, I haven't shot a pistol. Mm. And then those last six lines were at the end. Mm. Ooh. You know? Like the open-ended mm. question. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I like poems that end with questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that this one started with it because it kind of threw me off guard. And then reading about his upbringing and his stepdad mm. and holding a gun and what that mm. felt like and the power behind it, the trigger, like all those little minute details. Um. To hold and release thunder, right? It's great mm. lines and images. Always, always strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, also the entrance of like, it's it's pretty like in your face. Like I say fuck because mm. it feels right about now. You know, like it's also that kind of, yeah, that American way of mm-hmm. like it feels right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also that it, it is like that uh, hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where are you going with this? Yeah, I know I needed to be in the beginning, mm-hmm. just like <laughs> seeing how it would be at the end. But yeah, I really like the the tone in this one, and yeah, the imagery of it. And I like that it ties back to the title, self portrait mm-hmm. as American. It's mm-hmm. very like. I think of like a painting, an artistic piece, self-portrait. Mm-hmm. It's American. 
but then is talking about, you know, its experience shooting a gun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's more American than that? (laughs) (laughs) It's very fitting. Assistina. (laughs) Yeah, so Richie and Vanessa, do you want to talk about what Assistina is? (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Um... Hmm. Okay, I know what you told me. It's a very strict form. <laughs> yes, very strict form. Six um, stanzas, six lines each. Yeah. Iambic pentameter. It's an envoy. Right, with an envoy. <laughs> um, That's all we need to know. It's anything we could just Google, Rhyme scheme. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, yeah, there's six, uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, the six lines, A, A through F. And then it's like a, each stanza is like almost like a remix Interesting. I'm thinking about it now. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. and here again, he kind of gets to uh, bring up music, right? Music and sounds. Mm-hmm. You, have, mm-hmm. you have soundscape, what, what's around you. And he's kind of using it to talk about his father and then him growing up and his his growth, right? Growing mm-hmm. up in, in relation to music. Um, did you guys have notes on this one? I definitely had some stuff like underlined towards the bottom and I did, yeah. I mean, well, he did. I think it's important to maybe even just briefly discuss like that he he grew up with his father and an absent mother, Mm. which is not common. I think it's fair to say. Mm. Um, And so that's, I'm like going to come up later on and I think that's that's why he's like grappling a lot with his manhood and masculinity and all that because he just has his father and his uncles and stuff to like mm. see as role models and his brothers um but yeah I, I um to go off with what you were saying Richie um you know what what's around him what he's experiencing as opposed to that's kind of one of the notes that I made in those first two lines because it starts with how the room never danced because Pa never played Juan Gabriel or other Mexican vocalists in her house. Mm. Mm. And so I wrote as opposed to question mark because it kind of alludes to that there should have been that or mm. that that's what he thought it would have been like growing mm. up in a Mexican household or I don't know. But he's like, this wasn't our household. Mm. Um, after crossing the border, he must have ditched a suitcase of himself at U.S. Customs or maybe he never carried that suitcase. Maybe he wasn't mixed about raising boys in a middle-class neighborhood. So kind of, you know, shifts shift gears, but it, it it's more leaning towards what wasn't there and what mm. could have been. I don't know if that's how you all read it. Mm. But then he discusses a little bit of, like, what it was like to assimilate. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that third stanza. Where he says, I used to doodle in English on the borders of my notebook before I visited Pa's childhood home in Salapa, before I knew how uphold the custom of hold, how to uphold the custom of folding tortillas with every bite. Um, so again, bringing back that memory and mm. mother tongue and like the the roots that he feels connected to, but growing up in the suburbs is like conflicting for him. Yeah. It's definitely addressing that right through, Mm -hmm. 
this example of his father never playing what he feels would be cultural, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, I, I heard all sorts of different music. And that's kind of part of it, too, right? That he talks to in his own growth. Um, that's one of my favorites, the Bonham stanza right here, right? I have mixed feelings about not recognizing Pedro Infante's lyrics about playing more Tupac than mariachis. <laughs> I become a borderland of tongues, a mezcla of eyes. Navigate unknown neighborhoods and follow the rhythm of inner voices. So mm. I I pretty much related very heavy to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up very weakly with my own understanding of Spanish. So it doesn't hit me the same way. And I, I do feel like bummed out about that disconnect. <clears throat> At the same time, though, I was influenced by a lot of other music and music genres mm. as well growing up. Mm-hmm. I also kind of associated this with just like the overall loss of culture, not even just music. Um, so there's another line in there. Um, he bordered on being whitewashed, mm-hmm. talking about his dad, um, or pa. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, I mean, like that last line that you also read, Richie. Um, I navigate unknown neighborhoods and follow the rhythm of inner voices. Um just, I mean, I read that as, like, assimilating to, like, those around you, like, based on, like, who you're with, like, that's kind of the language that you imitate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does talk about growing up with a lot of other people with different backgrounds mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. neighborhoods there. Yeah. Actually, how are we doing on the rest section here? <laughs> oh, wow. There's actually a lot before we... About halfway. Oh, wow. Because we're about 53 minutes in. (laughs) Damn, you really thought we were going to. We could really go into a poem, you know. I know. I Mm -hmm. guess, which is great, but also (laughs) dangerous. Because a lot of the ones that I I didn't have notes for, we still ended up talking about. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I guess just to finish off that poem on 17... Most days I feel voiceless and misguided in my body, accustomed to breakages. So, mm-hmm. like going back to like the breaking of the piñata and mm-hmm. um, the breaking of identities and and feeling this sort of guilt. But I love how this poem ends. You know, he, he talks about that mixtape again, Richie. Right, a mixtape of blood and knuckles swelling against these unbordered soundscapes. Something new in my stereo, always playing. Mm. Yeah, love, love, love that. It's my favorite part of the poem. Because I I sense that, you know, reconciliation, right? He's like, well, it wasn't Vicente Fernandez. And no, I don't recognize Pedro Infante lyrics. But you know what? This is my upbringing. This is my Mm. new soundscape. Yeah. I love love unbordered, too. Mm. Unbordered. He uses borderland in that previous one and then unbordered. Mm. So we Mm. can definitely ask him about that. It's a movement. (laughs) And he talks about neglected the borders motherhood when he talks about his um accustomed being accustomed to whiteness so he talks a lot about borders which i'm really interested in kind of exploring and at this point music becomes a a gateway and i think that transitions Mm -hmm. to the next one pretty well the ode (laughs) to kendrick lamar when you guys have just done that just get in the car to to drive and Mm -hmm. i don't know did you probably have that highlighted that that reference Oh, I have the line after that. Where everything in music plays while he drives somewhere, I usually don't go after dark because mm. I get lost in my head. 
Um, I freaking love that. <laughs> yeah. You had right after that, you said it. Well, I had, um, to me, this was like the idea of like having to force yourself to speak up. Um, Uh-oh. and like, I guess for me, it was like the anxiety of it, but, um, the idea, so it says IPAs and smash down in and out burgers into my gut before the smallest words crawl out, forced. Mm. Um, some days I feel the dark rushing, a tidal wave of fuck yous cresting my insides. Um, so like this anger that's like inside, but like also combating the inability to say these things. Mm. Um, yeah, I like that idea of, of it being there and, and, mm. uh. Yeah, actually, there's I, f- I forgot that imagery of um, I've never sailed a fist into a stranger's skull, but there are mm-hmm. thunderstorms coming, and mm-hmm. I must know my way. Like, whoa, well, what? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> That's my favorite part of the poem. But when he starts, I'm not this facade. Yes. So kind of mm-hmm. going off what you're saying, Vanessa. Yeah. Nice. Another ode. You get lots of odes, <laughs> I huh? I love odes. I had my students do odes. So we we read a bunch of Jose Olivares, um, Ode to Scotty Pippen, Ode to Cheese Fries, Ode to Tortillas. <laughs> and then I had them write their own ode to like an unconventional topic. Or, or some interesting ones. Um, well, they did a lot. Like one did Ode to Chips. <laughs> so yes. I was like, yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Harum did like ode to places. So like ode okay. to my, my abuelita's house and stuff like that, which is really nice. Nice. Ended up being really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And odes are one of those also really like strict form or can be strict form poems. But I tried to keep it like cash, you know, <laughs> like just write a praise yeah. poem. Don't worry about rhyme or anything like that Mm. um but yeah i like that he included that ode and that it was to kendrick lamar (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so there were a couple poems that i like that i'll I'll link together so how to watch mexico versus usa soccer with a father who is more referee than coach it's a great title (laughs) and then julio cesar chavez versus oscar de la 1996 um Both of these are probably, other than than Piñata Theory, are my favorite poems of mm. the first half because um, they just, like, brought back, like, a flood of memories for me. Um, well, the, the soccer, I mean, football. Yeah. Still, to this day, I mean, I can't call my dad if Mexico is playing because he will not answer the phone. If they lose, I mean, I have to wait a day to text him because he's just inconsolable. Um, And it's funny, you know, just I love that first half of that poem. I love that it's in a first half and second half. So it's, you know, like a soccer game. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, seemingly um, like the second half is totally unrelated to soccer, or at least it seems like that. Um, and the first half is very much a how-to, which the poem implies. Um, so other than that, I mean, I I just really liked that 
you know, I, I um, could relate to that with my own father, mm-hmm. mm. um, especially not at, when I first started watching soccer as a kid with him, not knowing anything about soccer, Nasty but I wanted questions. to be in the action, you know, like, why are they so excited? Like, what's happening? Is that a penalty shot? And thinking hmm. I knew what offsides meant when I didn't know what offsides meant. <laughs> offsides, offsides. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I still don't quite get it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I love it. I love. I loved that part. And then um, the second half was like, you know, the shift. Like, all I know mm-hmm. about Pa's first wife is a photo I found. And then we get a little bit of a glimpse of her. Um mm. So there's there's a lot here also that can be discussed not just about the game but Mexico versus USA like that mm. struggle again the separation that's always like an against it's never let's work together kind of thing it's always <laughs> Mexico versus USA my sister and I had a conversation about about that not too long ago like how I don't know if this is like a bigger conversation. I think it is a bigger conversation, (laughs) but like how we've been conditioned, those of us who've watched the Mexico versus USA games, that they're so big. It's like Mm. the game of the year every Mm. year, no matter how bad either team is. It's Mm. always like Mexico versus USA, right? It's always versus. And for those of us who grew up Mexican-American, we're like, well, I grew up here, like, should I be going for USA? But my parents mm. are Mexican, so I should be going for Mexico. And it was always, like, a mm. struggle just even choosing, like, which team we wanted to mm. go for. And then my sister says something interesting, like, how that informed her kind of pushing away the Mexican side a little bit or pushing away the American side a little bit more, mm. how it all kind of can be led back to just the game. Mexico versus USA. I was like, damn, that's true. But yeah, that's a bigger conversation. Mm. <laughs> um, but I like that he alludes to that here, how it's like related to immigration because he talks about um, in those last lines about the the woman, Connie. Um she was an open road splitting north over decades. She's become the silence of the passport inside my luggage, her citizenship calling me into unknown fields. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I like this poem a lot. I like the form of it and the memories are brought back, but it also made me feel a little, like, uncomfortable. Mm. Which is cool. It's fine. It's fine, Alan. <laughs> I'll forgive you this time. That's how they say it about art, right? I think I know. I mean, I don't know if it's supposed to make me feel uncomfortable, but mm. but it did a little bit. Sometimes, right? They said, "What's that famous quote about art disturbing the comfortable mm. and comforting the disturbed?" Mm. I think, and then that relates a lot to the Julio Cesar Chavez versus Oscar de la Hoya because mm-hmm. Oscar de la Hoya was this guy who's like, you know, the the gringo kind of, even golden though he's, boy. Like, yeah. he's a golden boy Which and he was, was pocho. Of, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they Mexicans hated him, right? So it, Julio Cesar Chavez was, I remember I was rooting for Julio Cesar Chavez, but I didn't understand as a kid why they hated Oscar de la Hoya so mm-hmm. much. And they still do. You know, mm. like a lot. Yeah. 
So, you know, there's this great, like, um, memory of that um, that the speaker is is referencing here. And it's just the fight, you know. It's, like, leading up to the fight and then not understanding, like, what's going on. But then at the end, seeing mm-hmm. that De La Hoya stood center undefeated. It's like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for our race? <laughs> what does that mean for boxing and Mexicans and it was a huge thing back then huge huge deal yeah so I really like both of those poems like side by side yeah I covered them perfectly Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to say about that you know and then a large um you know kind of going off of that then you have a lot of of poems too in this ending out this first section that kind of look at at uh manhood masculinity mm-hmm. what again what that's supposed to mean mm-hmm. right uh hanging with the uncles watching the sports mm-hmm. and working with cars right mm-hmm. um boxing right the physicality of it all um <clears throat> what do you think is a lesson on manhood because i feel like there's a few in, in that poem oh yeah i see what you're saying um, mm. This is an open question, by the way. Anyone can answer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> kind of. I kind of make jokes how how people make make uh, their vehicles extensions of their quote unquote manhood. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's like coincidence, right? Right. Um, mm. I do think the the shift in this poem is interesting to look mm-hmm. at, right? Where they stopped going back after he uh, um, got married and had a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very kind of telling. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Vanessa? I didn't have <laughs> notes on that one. Okay. <laughs> um, but is that true, though? Like... Guys could still have hobbies, right? Guys could still work on their cars if mm-hmm. they're married and have kids. Yeah. I find that a little, like, <laughs> it just, it's funny and it's true, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I think it, it it's like a complicated, like, view of relationships, <laughs> I think, just in the sense that it's like. I mean, the concept of, like, being whipped in a relationship or, like, oh, now, like, the old ball and chain. It's kind of what's getting at. um, Yeah. Yeah. The boys. Yeah, yeah. uh, Again, kind of like the mockery and the mocking that that happens quite often. That's one of the lessons in in manhood that I think he's he's alluding Mm -hmm. to, right? Sad. Don't get locked down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This could happen to He also addresses, like, the idea of, like wanting to have like the sickest ride, sickest whip. Speaking mm. of whips, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Different kind of whip. It's uh, <laughs> funny. Um but also kind of knowing like shit, can't afford this. But like still talking all this mm. this big game. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least knowing, you know, the numbers, cubic inch size of an engine, like that also makes you a man. The numbers, right? You know. Being able to, to distinguish and differentiate 20, 289s, 302s, 351s. Like, I don't even know. It's, well, <laughs> and also, I mean, it, it, I think it maybe does draw attention how 
that's supposed to be specifically for like the the, the realm of men, like that kind of like it's esoteric knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, almost mm-hmm. to the point where I know many many uh, girlfriends who <laughs> don't even want to go and deal with mechanics on their own. Mm-hmm. Brings mm-hmm. like a guy with them, like. Mm-hmm. To make sure that they're not being taken advantage of yeah. or yeah. Uh, talked down to, um, not even bringing in man mansplaining, right? Someone right. they might know more, you know, in a way or, or mm, know enough. <laughs> so that's interesting because it's lesson on manhood, right? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of this stuff is mm. important for women to know too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like that, mm. those lines. Eventually, he became oil dripping through a filter overnight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like, oh, poor guy. <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's just the, you know, the dynamics of a man and a woman and a husband and a wife and, like, what, what's expected of each. Mm. Um, I get it. Might not agree with this. Marriage, I right? I get it. <laughs> Marriage, am I right? <laughs> Marriage. And none of us are married. Let's think of the Princess so Bride. Like, like, what does that mean? <laughs> Marriage. <laughs> now it's Michael Scott, right? Oh. Quoting that. Oh, he was. <laughs> I forgot about that. No. <laughs> when he's obsessed with. Yeah. Marriage. <laughs> ah, the Mel Brooks. All right. So we have a little bit left. Um, I have a few. I mean, I don't know if you all want to discuss like backyard boxing. I do think, you know, um, maybe for the, I I like the thing I thought was interesting about bricks was uh, it's another like slice of life for him of, of uh, being with friends and freestyling. And Mm -hmm. um, there is a tendency when people I've noticed, right. Especially with guys. (laughs) <laughs> Anytime it's it's time to freestyle, you mm. throw around certain language, right? Referring to women mm. as, as bitches and and you know, dropping n words and bombs when you should not be. Mm. Some people say never should be, um, yeah. but that's mm-hmm. kind of one of the things that happens here, right? Where he's in there and he's the way he he doesn't really talk about how he's doing, but I like the way he 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 talks in metaphor of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, spitting rhombus over rectangle. You know, it's not exactly what he's mm. talking about. Maybe things that are more, I think he actually does use, what language do he, does he use? <clears throat> Let's see. Right? He's like, nah, you need to add more of this, right? And he's talking about mm. the N-word. And, uh, mm. <clears throat> I like, you know, the way he describes it. I tell him the word is a brick rubbing my tonsils, that I'm more caterpillar than panther. I do not say how syllables carry more oceans than my mouth can hold my favorite one of my favorite lines in the whole collection so Mm -hmm. far actually that Mm -hmm. part um but is this thing where um it's it's drawing attention to that part of the culture Mm -hmm. bricks what a brick is like in in this case the brick becomes that in their throat that's what i wrote what'd you write (laughs) this (laughs) to like the last that part this This period (laughs) Because it's it's real. Yeah. And I've experienced it. Not just freestyling, dude. Like, have you ever gone to a karaoke bar and like there's a song, oh, like a rap easily. song? No hesitation. And there's some <laughs> white dude 
thinking it's okay because it's in yeah. the song to say the n-word right you could totally cut this out by the way so easily. <laughs> coming back to my sass from earlier we no the sass <laughs> is what is flavoring these episodes the seasonings but um no i and i think that there's a lot to say for someone who feels this and isn't just like oh it's just that's yeah, just a word or we're freestyling or it's just a group of us friends in a car like doing mm. this like who cares yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is that the weight that it holds for him. It feels like a brick rubbing against mm. his tonsils. Like mm, Yeah, my buddy um maybe slight tangent. Actually, no, I'm looking at the time. Never mind. <laughs> We're like at one twelve. <laughs> I was gonna do a whole anecdote and it's not it's too much of an aside <laughs> to really get into right now. I'll mention that I'll mention, mention after, yeah. Okay. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, oh my gosh. Three, you can hear that for an extra ten dollars per month. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Just kidding. We're still thinking of ways to fund. So. Like ten dollars is so many, so many dollars. <laughs> Bricks. Also, it's only ten. Though. I, I also like the the other meaning. He does reference <laughs> basketball a lot, and so yes, mm-hmm. there's the brick, brick, but also bricks when you yes. miss. So it's like, yo, mm. you're just way off. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Yes. Bam. But yes. but that comment was a swish. Nothing but that. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Cool. All right. Um <laughs> Pretty's kind of another interesting look into the whole mama man, you know, like mm. thing and Yeah, it's a, a little homophobic. Mm-hmm. A little. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's and it's not the first time in this collection. Right. Mm-hmm. Coming back to the machismo, male expectations. You have like a, a shift though, right? From him as a as a kid mm. and the way he says it, right? But not in a gay way. And that's that's mm. like a yeah, whole yeah. it's still a thing, right? People say no yeah. homo. Yeah. Which is like, do you have you know? I think we're getting away from that. Mm. When you're a more. kid though, and, and someone says something's gay about you, like it's the worst insults. I feel like it, or at mm. least it used to be. Like, so, so much so that like people still like. Mm. God, it's sad when yeah. adults use it. Like, I know. What the hell's wrong? Don't there? hang out with those adults. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are the people that weed out. So they're easily. not really adults. But uh, just, just to <laughs> talk about these interactions as like sure. orchestras, mm. beautiful music. Mm-hmm. Again, you get music all throughout this, and now it's. Um, but, yeah, I really like the commentary about that, though, like showing how pretty can be used for men, too, mm-hmm. that it's not just assigned to women or, or femininity or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I also like that he ends it with the question, how do you expect me to say pretty? Right. So he's, mm-hmm. he's very defensive about it, and he's looking outward because the speaker seems to be so, like, not sure about himself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I being gay or, you know, when I say this kind of stuff, it mm. would be hella gay of me to do this. So there's like, yeah, it's all because of what mm. other people, have right, said. have said about mm-hmm. him or, or it's not even his own perception of anything. No, it's, it's mm. a great way of thinking about how the impulse is to want to say it, mm-hmm. but then doubting yourself because of because what other, of what people's other will people think. will say or think. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's like the perfect way to end it as a question to the reader because the speaker is so unsure of himself. Yeah. Some some hard hitters. I know we only have a couple more pieces. Mm-hmm. Um the litany ending with night. I don't know if you guys had anything from that. I didn't, no. 
There is a Frank Ocean song mentioned in that one. That's the only note that I had. On I just Friday. Under- Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I just underlined, have you ever prayed in your abuela's tongue? Because mm. I that really like that. <laughs> I also like our, our lightning is a super bloom of waste flaring into night. Whoa, mm. what? Oh, shit. <clears throat> then we have the, <laughs> the titular piece. Yes, titular. <laughs> yes. Yes, piñata. Just kidding. Piñata. Piñata. Oh, no. <laughs> also pre-show stuff. Pre-show shenanigans. That's fun to say. <laughs> ah, so what is the piñata theory? Mm. Vanessa, there's so much to <laughs> say. I like the use of blackout there. What do you think of that? I like that too. Hmm. <laughs> like being blindfolded. It's yes. very un- it's very unsettling. It is unsettling. Like, I was like, it, why? I want to know what's there. Like, why is there blackout there? But no, maybe it just serves as the blindfold, as the blackness of mm-hmm. searching for the piñata with the stick in yeah. hand. Yeah, I I read the the X's throughout like mm-hmm. the spaces right there. Mm-hmm. As like the hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So like the idea of being blindfolded right before you hit it. And he does use those um, at other points later on in the in the collection. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. three of them. There's three sections. Right? Yeah. So maybe that's, that's – there's some really great lines. Uh, again, they're thinking yeah. about piñata as a metaphor mm-hmm. um, in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that the opening line of the of the second, uh, what would you call it? I guess after the first break of X's, hmm. consider the violence of living. After the first break. After the first break. Oh, oh look at that! <laughs> it's a break in the poem, hmm. but also a break in the piñata. It's also it's also a break in form. It's a break in form. Like, ah, yeah, like, yeah, it does like, change. Yeah. Um, we need to give Alanis <clears throat> flowers right now. <laughs> I always wonder, you know, I write something and like I'll be listening, like, yes, yes, totally what I meant. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wonder that too. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I love that line too. Consider violence of living. Just like bringing attention again mm-hmm. to the like fragility of the piñata. And everything else that that he's kind of brought with that metaphor. Um, This was one of the poems that in pre-show we were talking about uh, an article that I read. There you go. By uh, Rigoberto Gonzalez. He's a very close friend of mine. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know each other. Yo, Rigo. Um, (laughs) He uh, does amazing stuff like faculty and he writes his own stuff and he reviews a lot of work um and so he reviewed um piñata theory and an incomplete list of names by michael torres i hope i hope i get that right um but he said we should read those two kind of together and he talked about piñata theory and and a lot of the things that we've been discussing um so far but this was one of the poems that he talked more about in recognizing recognizing certain aspects of himself, um, mm-hmm. the speaker here, as opposed to resigning them or to, you know, saying this isn't me or, you know, it's like the claiming. And so there's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot more agency now as we close this this section. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that um, that discussion that Rigo, you know, brought up about this poem. I have to check that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really cool. I mean, everything he writes is really cool. <laughs> you should give him his flowers too. T- shout out to Rigo. <laughs> I love the, that paradox on 35. Um, everyone is loose and dismembering something might bring us together. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I um, And how the, po- the poem ends, yes. we were made for beatdowns. Mm. And even before that, I think, um, beneath Robocop exteriors with stomach lollipops, our breakage a celebration, the truth... We were made for beatdowns. Just mm-hmm. the idea of like having this really hard exterior. Mm-hmm. But like on the inside there's um, like that sweetness. Um, but also like I don't want to say assimilation is like celebrated. Like but it also in a sense like in American culture like the more you're like everyone else, mm-hmm. the more you're celebrated and the more you're accepted. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Maybe there's that even extra layer of uh, a lot of piñatas are off of uh, pop culture, cartoons, movies, mm. Robocop, right? Like that's. Yeah. yeah. Earlier Spider-Man's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our breakage of celebration. That that line. That's line. yeah. It could be so many other things, right? Than what like I said. breaking Alone, us yeah. down mm-hmm. is also like celebrated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but we were made for beatdowns. Like, like we're still here, and we still have something to offer. Mm. But yeah, you know, after the fact. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> There's just so much. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I know you're recording, but <laughs> perfect. Um, <laughs> we are. This is a podcast. I, I just recorded. Oh, I mean, recording on your phone. I know, I'm <sighs> Oh my gosh! And How's, here I thought it was going to be a short. I'll one. be your pinata. This is the longest one. I mean, we're at one twenty-two. Oh my god! An hour and yeah. twenty-two minutes. Some will be edited, edited out. Right. Except the parts I'll... that I said I would. <laughs> But also, like, we did the overview. So, like, that added true. more oh, true, time, true, too. True. True, true. Mm-hmm. true, true. As so the kids wars. like to say. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think we're good for an outro. Like, I guess we'll yeah. revisit. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Literally Literary, brought to you by Border Census and Power at the Pass. This episode, we began our discussion on piñata theory by Alan Chazaro. If you haven't read it, we hope we inspire you to pick up a copy. Follow us on Instagram at literallyliterary.ep and on Twitter at literallylitep. 